we all have expectations. <coughs> you all showed up and you expect something this morning. I'm not sure what it is. In fact, I'm not even sure you will get what you expected. And that may be a good thing, it may not be a good thing, but we all have expectations. I'm heading to a family gathering this afternoon. I have expectations on how that will go, or not go, depending on how it is. I, I, I can expect that we will have way too much food, there will be way too much candy for the kids, and there will be too many gifts given to them that I will have to hide or lose later. Your time's come. And it, you know, you guys get that, right? You know, some of you woke up and you expected something and it already has fallen through. We all have expectations. And sometimes we are going to be disappointed in life with unmet expectations. Most of the time we go through life and we don't even realize what we expected until it doesn't happen. And we're not sure what to do with it. It can catch us off guard. We interact with others based on what we thought they would do or not do. And then just sometimes life doesn't go as planned. And some of you, you've expected that as uh, the past couple years would lead to a different place than you are right now. You would, you would be at a different point, maybe relationally, maybe physically, mentally, financially. Maybe you thought life would be different by now, and instead, you may feel alone, empty, afraid, and unworthy. Because life hasn't gone the way you thought. Maybe your spouse, your loved one, your, your kids, maybe your parents aren't living up to what you think they're in the deal ought to be. And you're just like, I don't know. I feel like it's not worth it. Or maybe you've been disappointed by faith, religion, or the church. You had expectations that the church would be a, a certain way, and you've come to find out that it's not. And you're left wondering, where, what happens next? Is there any hope for what happens next? Or is this as good as it gets? I'm here to tell you that Easter speaks to our unmet expectations. Easter speaks to when we've been disappointed by those in the church, by the church. When we've been disappointed by those who love us most. But let me ask, where do you go? Or what do you do with your pain? Easter sits in a moment of pain. Easter is about pain to some extent. But where do you go? What do you do? There's many ways we try to fill that pain. We try to ignore it. Or we make it our identity. We, we, uh, we engage in an addiction of 
any kind and lots of kinds. We're mean to others. And we have a saying, hurt people, hurt people. You know? Sometimes we isolate. Where do you go? What do you do? For some of us, because of our pain, we stay away from church. I get it. The church has been the greatest place for me. It's also the place of my deepest pain and hurt. I get it. And you know what? Easter speaks to the unmet expectations and the pain. See, because it was the religious people that put him on a cross, Jesus on a cross, and put him in a tomb. Easter was about unmet expectations. The, the disciples, they, they, they weren't sure what was to happen, but they were pretty certain death and burial was not it. In fact, I would be as bold as to say Easter wasn't supposed to happen. See, Jesus wasn't supposed to die, they thought. And if he was to die, he really wasn't supposed to remain dead in a tomb. And as we pick up in John 20, and we pick up in the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read that his closest people were going, this isn't how it was supposed to end. We're not supposed to be here. Can you relate to that in your own life? Have you had a moment where you go, this isn't the way it was supposed to be? Maybe you've had two of those this morning. I don't know. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Yet, what do we do when we find ourselves disappointed with life? When our expectations haven't been met? When life is not going right? Or maybe life is going right, but you're waiting for that shoe to drop. Where do we go? I think John 20 see, gives us a couple examples of what we can do in these moments, what the disciples did in these moments, how we can deal with when life isn't good, when life does not go as expected. And so I want us to start where the Gospel of John starts to John, the writer of the beloved disciples, says, early on the first day of the week, that Sunday, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Mary went to the place of her pain, to the grave. Now she had not a clue what was, she was going to run into. She's going, as the other women who went with her, she was going to pay their last respect to make sure Jesus' body was cared for properly, cared for in the way that their faith had taught them, and we see right here that it was still dark. She gets there and saw the stone had been removed. She wasn't expecting that. She was expecting to have to, with the other women, roll the tomb, the stone away. It was heavy, but it wasn't impossible. They could have done that. There was nothing magnificent necessarily about this size of a tomb and this size of a rock. Four or five women could easily have moved it, maybe just two of them. I don't know. But she's there, and the tomb is open. 
Can you imagine her heart dropping? What's happened now? And isn't sometimes that's what happens with life? Where something happens and you're like, oh, and you're trying to catch your breath, and all of a sudden something else happens. You're like, oh, goodness gracious, what now? Easter speaks to that. The story is not over yet. So what does she do? She goes running back to find Peter and John. Peter, John, and the others, they stuck together in their pain. There's good ways to think that they stuck together because they were scared that they were next. Their leader had been crucified. What's going to stop the religious people from doing it to them? Their only hope, maybe, was that the religious leaders would forget about them and they could go on their merry way. But here, three days after that Good Friday, they're left going, this wasn't the way it was supposed to do. Now what? I gave up three years of my life for this? But at least they're together, right? Sometimes misery does love company, and misery needs company. Sometimes I just need someone to sit right there where I can look at it and go, yeah, you too, huh? Yeah. I don't think much has to be said. They all experience it. And you, some of you have been in a situation where you don't have to say a word. The other person across from you gets it. Been there done that, got the bumper sticker and the souvenir t-shirt, and that's gone. Here they were, in their pain, in their unmet expectations. But here's what Easter teaches us, and here's where I hope you'll stick with me. Sometimes our expectations need to be unmet. Now don't go throwing anything at me just yet. And don't go leave it just yet. Because sometimes our expectations aren't reality, and they need to be unmet. Sometimes when, when our expectations grow awry, we realize that we can't place hope in something because it won't work. we got to seek something different. And we see that Peter and John and the women are getting back into the tomb. And they're heading back because they're going, wait, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, but what really is going on? Are we doomed? Should we just hang up our tunics, go back to fishing, and count it all off? And hope that Pharisees don't find us next. They can go back to Galilee and probably stay hidden many years. At least most of them. And so we read that Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. And, and the other disciple, I believe it's John, he outran Peter and reached the tomb. He bent over, he looked in at the strips of linen lying, lying there, but did not go in. He waited for Simon Peter to come along behind him, which straight, who went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. John finally went in, and he saw, and he believed. Yet he still didn't understand all the scripture. Then Peter and John went back to where they were staying. Can you imagine that conversation? 
going back. Maybe they didn't say anything. How can you go, wait a minute? He was dead. He's not there. But they knew enough to say, this isn't a thief. Because if you're going to steal a body, I don't recommend stealing bodies, okay? Let me go on the record. All right, Janet? No stealing any bodies this week. I know. Ruin it. All right? But you wouldn't take the cloth, especially the one that was around the head that kept, I know this guy sounds grotesque, kept the mouth shut. You wouldn't take that off. You're just going in. It's just kind of going in and running. Mary didn't go in because her heart stopped at just the sight of the, empty, uh, the tomb being, the stone being rolled. Peter and John look in and they're going, whoa. But I think what we see is believing the truth heals. They saw enough and knew enough to go, this isn't a steal. They didn't fully grasp everything. But they're like, this isn't someone stealing the body of our Lord. Something else has happened. And when our expectations aren't met, sometimes the power becomes when we go, something else has happened. Something else has happened. The story isn't over. Mary, though, she doesn't go back. And I can appreciate that. I, I can appreciate that Mary stays there. I'm sure Peter and John at least told her what they saw. I mean, that's common courtesy. You know, she came and got them. She's, they're going to at least say to her, hey, it doesn't appear that he was stolen. But no one is getting it. And I don't think I would have either. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And there she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? See, Easter speaks to our pain and enters our pain. It was only because of her pain she gets to hear and see the angels ask her, why are you crying? This isn't a let me condemn you for crying. This is, I believe, a compassionate question by the angels. Very similar to if you find a kid crying, what, what do we normally do? We bend down and we say, what's the matter? What happened? And her words are filled with the pain of death, the pain. She says, they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. She just wanted to do her job. She can't even do that, she thinks. How unworthy she could feel. How ashamed she may feel. At this, John goes on to say, she turned around and saw Jesus, but she didn't know it was him. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? What a compassionate question. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Who is your heart seeking? What is your heart seeking? 
Mary did not realize it because pain and unmet expectations blinds us to what is right in front of us. She thinks he's the gardener. I would think so too. I mean, do you, do you get the fact that they weren't still thinking Jesus was going to be right there? They knew something had happened, but they weren't quite sure what. And in their pain, we see Jesus, I think, being so compassionate and gracious and merciful and patient. She says, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell him where you have put him, and I will go get him. I will do what I came to do, and I'll leave you alone. I just want to anoint my Lord again. And Jesus said to her, Mary, I'm here to tell you Easter reminds us that Jesus speaks your name. If you've been hurt, Jesus knows your name. If you're well this morning, Jesus knows your name. If you've been, you've expected something great this morning and you're going, I think I've missed it, Jesus knows your name. And he'll speak it. He speaks her name. Mary. And she recognizes the voice. She recognizes the name. And she does what she never thought she would actually do again. She embraces her living and I think this is maybe just as spectacular. Jesus will allow us to embrace him, if you will. He doesn't keep you off. You say, well, he goes on to say, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended the Father. Go instead and tell my brothers, what's that about? Well, I think what he's saying is, go ahead and embrace me now, but... But your expectations that I'm going to stick around like this need to be unmet again. Because I've got better things in store. The story isn't over yet. And if I stay exactly here in person, you'll miss the promise. Which promise? What he, he spent hours with them prior saying, I promise another counselor that each of you will have. I promise something greater. That each of you will have benefits just me. But Jesus will allow you to embrace me. I don't know if you've been told about a God that is angry, that is vengeful, that is ready to just kind of wipe you out and all of us with it. I don't know if you think that, that there's a God, but this God is so distant that he doesn't care about you personally, that if, as long as you stay away from him or just do the right things, you will be okay. And I'm here to tell you, the Easter story tells us that's not the God of scriptures. That's not the Lord Jesus himself. Because see, this is Mary Magdalene. She's not one of the best of the best of the best. Tradition teaches us, scripture teaches us that she had demons in her. She was as unclean as one could get. I don't know about you, but at least I can say I'm not that bad. Right? You got Peter and John, just normal folk. I dare to say 
we're all pretty normal here in our own way. We're just regular people. But yet Jesus is still willing to embrace us. Jesus is willing to overcome our pain, our unmet expectations of what we think life is supposed to be about. Or what you thought the church would be about. As I like to say, we are broken people telling other broken people where to find hope and healing. I mess up every single day. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. She may be too gracious, so I'll ask my kids. And if you really want to pick the kid that will tell you the honest truth, because we've yet to be able to teach her not to tell you the honest truth, go find Eliana. All right? She will tell you what she thinks. She'll tell you I mess up. She'll tell you what I didn't do her way yesterday. I get it. But you know what? Jesus never disappoints. Easter teaches us that, that Jesus takes our expectations and blows them out of the water to something more than we could ever imagine. And that's where I find hope. That's where I find the ability to be able to deal with my own pain, my own unmet expectations, because I get this one who can take it and say, just watch me go now. As I like to say, another thing I like to say around here is, I like Jesus to show up and show off. And sometimes I go, I didn't think that would happen, but yeah, I kind of like that. And then other times it's like, wait a minute, how do you do it this time? God shows up. He showed up for Mary Magdalene. He showed up as scripture will teach us time and time again. He appears again and again and again to over 500 people to saying, hey, the best is yet to come. The story is not yet over. I know your pain may be speaking loud this morning. Your unmet expectations may be screaming at you on the inside. You may even be saying, that guy's a nut up there. And that's okay. But you know what? Easter says there's something bigger than that pain. See, because we have come to think in our immortality, in our, in, in our mortality, that pain is the end. That at one time we will all be viewed by others. But Easter says pain never has a last word. We don't want it to. Death no longer has the last word. In the midst of our pain, we can come to Jesus. And not only will he overcome your pain, and that's amazing enough, not only will he Will he maybe heal you of your pain to some extent, but he will also send you on a mission. You have a purpose in life. He doesn't just save us and say, just wait. And just take a seat and sit down and wait. He says, oh no. You were created more than just to sit and wait. You were created to be on a mission. You were created to go and say, hey, I don't fully get this Jesus guy, but there's something about it that makes life worth it. 
And so he sends Mary, the very first missionary in all of Scripture, sends Mary to go to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. What about you? What about you? Will you let Jesus speak your name today? You gotta be listening though. Will you let him into your pain today? Will you let him start to overcome some of that pain for you today? I'm not here to say it's all gonna be roses. Let me let me tell you about some of these early people. It wasn't roses after Jesus appeared to them. Peter, the one who ran, got there second. All right? He was hung upside down, crucified upside down. There no roses there. John, he gets exiled from his own nation. Fortunately, he gets to live a nice long life. Others treated horribly in ways that you and I will never. Jesus doesn't promise, if you know me, it's going to end up okay. But he says, I have overcome death. The empty tomb reminds us that there's always hope. The story isn't over yet. So I ask, what will you do with Jesus today? Some of you, you've known Jesus for a really long time. Some of you don't even remember a time when you didn't know Jesus. You know, he didn't just save you so you could sit and wait. You have a purpose. You have a unique purpose this day. Some of you, you, you're not even sure you really know this Jesus. You may know this story, but it still intrigues you. I ask that you, like Mary, will humble yourself to, to bow at his feet, embrace him, and then hear his words. Hear him call you by name. Hear his love. Hear his compassion. For others of you, you're in between the two. The life hasn't been good. Are you willing to submit to the one who can take those expectations and say, I know this is what you wanted, but if you'll trust me, something better can happen. Something greater can happen. Yeah, you've messed up. But I redeemed it. I hope you will consider. Because the empty tomb means there's always hope. But when life is disappointing, when others let you down, the Lord will not. He will show up and show off in a way for you or just go, well, I can tell you story upon story, but I won't keep you here because I bet some of you have an expectation that you would be out before noon. Right, Larry? Amen. All right. I figured I could get in that. All right. I know. Some of you have already thought of that. All right. And I could, but I could. And if you want to hear, let me know. We can sit. I can share story after story about others. Because see, 
This life of Jesus isn't just about what he did 2,000 years ago. It's about Easter still happening again and again and again. Resurrection is about that very first resurrection. But the story isn't over yet. I ask that you will let Christ show up and show up. And you will let him in today. Maybe for the first time. Maybe for the one million and one time. Maybe you just want to give him the pain. Say, I don't know what to do with this anymore. I'm done with it. Maybe you just need to let him hear call your name. Just call your name. Because he, he knows you by faith. We pray for Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for Easter. Lord, I thank you that not only did you die, but you rose again. And because of that, I can have hope. We can have hope. And we can give hope. Lord, that when, when our expectations are met, and even sometimes when, when, it, when it seems like you've not met my expectations, that Easter reminds me that, if, that, that you're up to something. I just may not know it yet. And so, Lord, I don't know where each and every person is here, but you do. Lord, I, I think there's somebody you're going to call by name into this life of faith. And Lord, I ask that you draw them to you. Lord, that they would embrace you this day. There's some here that they are in pain. They've already quote-unquote know you, you know them. Lord, that they're just willing to make life isn't been good lately. Lord, I ask that you would overcome their pain. That you would be real with them as you were real with Mary in the garden. And that you would embrace them as they embrace you. Lord, I just ask that as we continue our day, that we would be watching for what you would do. And for those of us who know you, that we'd be willing to say, hey, this is how I've seen God show up and show off today. And Lord, when we do that, we are telling the Easter story again and again and again. Because until you come back yet, the story isn't over. You are still working. You are still changing lives. You are still transforming others to be like you. Lord, we thank you for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing the great song.